Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to, yes, another Live the Fuel show. So, sorry guys, I just keep rocking the podcast. I am so full of podcasting power in the month of March here as we're recording this that I am now have enough shows done for the next month. Like, I think almost two months. We've been busy for 2020. And so to kind of hammer harder on how 2020 is going to look, just for time stamping for fun, we're recording this right in the middle of the whole coronavirus thing. And it's intriguing because I'm going to see how this actually adapts into the show because this show today is going to be a little bit more business-themed, but actually focusing on education. Uh, but I, my new guest co-host today might care a little bit about health and fitness along the way as well. So I, I'm looking forward to see how we align on that. Uh, but I also had a little bout in the educational space. Obviously, I do have my degree. I paid my own way. And a lot of that was in the online space, hint, hint. So let me give you a little background on the gentleman we're having today. And he's a bit purpose-driven which obviously, as you guys know, listening to this show, this is a for-purpose show. My business is for-purpose. We give back a percentage of all income to nonprofits, including my own nonprofit that we launched. So, But let me dig a little bit deeper for you. He likes to make college more accessible and affordable to everyone. Uh, after graduating college, like myself and him, he has uh, yeah, maybe just had a little bit of overwhelming debt. I think I'm still actually paying off some of that debt now that I think about it. <laughs> and he wanted to determine ways to change how students embark on their college education. Uh, so he's literally spent his entire career working in startups, uh, actually 15 years worth, and uh, two prior exits to a publicly traded companies. So he's been around the block like myself. I've worn many hats in the corporate space, nonprofit space, firefighting space, now entrepreneurial space. I'm looking forward to connecting with this guy because he's also got a bit of a background from the University of California, Irvine, in economics, which totally comes into play with everything happening right here, right now as we're recording this show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, from OnlineDegree.com. Grant Albrich, welcome to the show, sir. Scott, thank you for having me. So let's just jump right in, man. There's a lot going on. You know, I were joking around before we hit record today. I mean, it's not a joke, but it's also like, okay, we got to find a way to be positive, you know, be more light about this situation. And I couldn't help but mention right before we hit record, I was like, you know, with everything going on, with viruses and, and people concerned and social distancing and companies trying to put their employees first and help them stay free and clear. And now there's governments like my own governor here in Pennsylvania just announced today they're going to close restaurants and everything else that are not essential businesses to help slow the spread so we can just mitigate uh, the process of the coronavirus. There's a lot going on. And I couldn't help but mention, like, this totally might benefit platforms like yourself. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I know it's outrageous and you're right. There's only so much we can actually control in our lives. And so, you know, you and I talking about, you know, what are we doing just to weather this on a personal level? It was interesting to kind of get the take and it was interesting to me that we're both doing it the very same way, stay right. healthy and uh, keep our minds, our bodies both active. And yeah, you know, that one of the, I know I mentioned this before, one of the unfortunate realities of a disaster like this or an impending recession is that it is good for, education as an industry. And, you know, for me, I don't like thinking about it because it, it's, um, that's a downer. I, you know, I just, I don't like, yeah. it is a downer. And I, I just don't like thinking, uh, I don't like thinking of benefiting off someone else's um, tough times or someone else's um, uh, bad luck. So, you know, you, you don't want to benefit off a recession. It's just sure. not the kind of person you want to be. But you're right. The reality is that in, during recessionary times, during times like this when people are at home, they do think about, well, what am I going to do? What kind of career do I may want to transition into? How do I want to upskill? All these questions start to emerge. Oh, and, I like upskill uh, you tossed in there. I was affecting you say yeah, upscale, upskill. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like it. That's, that's a big industry word, upskill. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a reality. Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably going to be asking themselves that not only in the short term, but like, you know, what if some of these like, you know, we're just in the early innings of what's about to happen. And what if their their career, their job gets wiped out? I mean, if you work at a restaurant, I mean, what's going to happen if all these restaurants shut down or if you work in hospitality? I mean, these are really concerning things. That I think we're just happening right now. Like yeah, I said, yeah. that, the announcement from my governor. I mean, wow. 
Okay. I have a lot of friends. I have a rental tenant. She, she's a professional waitress. I mean, she makes great money, pays the rent, no problem. But now I'm like, okay, what about her? Right? Oh, wow. She, yeah, she's yeah. been a professional waitress for 16 years. So I'm like, okay, is she going to be able to pay the rent next month? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. I heard there was a study where um, they that uh, something like 70% of Americans only have $1,000 in savings or less mm -hmm. to weather a crisis. And that's terrifying. And I think that... Uh, I think I think a lot of nonprofit organizations are going to be very busy in the next few months. Yes, uh, I I'm not going to stop donating. I, I, it's funny I, I mentioned this in the intro. Like I started a nonprofit. Uh, actually, April I founded it a year. So coming up on a year ago, I founded uh -huh. my nonprofit because I'd already had switched my company into a for-purpose business model after going to some great events out west called Thrive Make Money Matter, founded by a gentleman guy named Cole Hatter, and just teaching entrepreneurs how to you can align yourself in a nonprofit initiative or a for-purpose initiative, right? With, with uh, that alignment, you don't realize it actually helps you grow your success. So he's like, it's up to you if you want to hard code your income or whatever into, your, into that initiative. But think about it. He's like, if you say, great, I'm going to donate 1% or 3% or 5% of my gross income, and that's what I'm doing. I have 5% of my gross income. It has to go to a separate bank account. I've been doing it for years now. And then I decided, well, wait a minute. I'm donating to all these other nonprofits. Why don't I start my own foundation? So now, I, now it all goes to the foundation, a legit 501c3. It was never on the goals list. It just kind of fell in there. <laughs> but because there are people trying to give back and there's are people trying to look for structure and organization and trying to figure all this stuff out. And admittedly, I can thank me studying my marketing degree to understand more about nonprofits. I've been on boards and I've uh, done a lot of volunteer work over the years, but uh, I'm tying this back to you because when I first started going back to school, the whole virtual learning thing was still kind of unfolding and the whole, oh, well, all of a sudden, like two years in, I was doing classes on nights and weekends to do this BS in marketing and psychology. And I, and I took some courses on nonprofits and and then next thing you know, like the next year, like, oh, well, um, we're going to switch to a virtual hybrid. That's right. Hybrid format where we're going to start yeah. doing only one class in person a week. And then the rest is going to be online. And I'm like, well, I'm a techie. I'm cool with it. <laughs> but how many people are cool with that? Right. So now when did, when did you kind of unwrap that bubble uh, as far as your online focus? Like, when did that happen? Let's go back. Yeah, I think that actually the 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 realization that education is going to go online was decoupled from coming up with the actual business model. Because I actually, you know, I knew for such a long period of time that online education is the wave of the future. Okay. You know, just like it's changed every industry, um, it'll change dating. It'll change um, every facet of how we interact with one another, how we interact with education. I knew that was going to happen. And we see that in the data. I mean, if a higher education as a whole, this, it's a massive industry, $700 billion industry. I mean, oh, yeah. There's very few that are that large. And the, it's actually in decline. The only segment that's, in, that's been growing is the online portion. And every year, I think it's only now 50 billion of that amount, but it's growing rapidly. So I think we're going to see a huge sea change where, you know, for, we were just joking before that we're both Gen X. Mm -hmm. In our lifetime, that was weird because we came in and that didn't even exist. And oh, no, I think when by I the first time, went to school in the 90s? Yeah, there was no online anyway. There was no online. Yeah, <laughs> so we we were the first to see that transition. And what's crazy is uh, by the time that we're you know old men, it's probably going to be almost exclusively online. Which is interesting because I'm still seeing a lot of universities invest in their properties and expanding buildings. So there is obviously a high demand for education, and that's a whole little egg element. I wouldn't mind seeing your feedback on, on this show. Is now fast forward. I mean, I'm 42. It's 2020. Uh, what I've learned and had to teach myself as a lifelong learner is something I like to promote to people. Self-study is that everything I do in business now was taught by myself. Uh, the, the, the education I learned from marketing, even though it was nice, I, I, none of that connects today. You have to stay current. You have to stay fresh. So I tell people all the time, like, great, I've got that piece of paper up on the wall. But does it directly connect to what I have? And there's interesting ways of looking at it. Yes, because I proved to myself that I could commit to a program. I could complete it, whether it was hybrid, online, in-person, whatever. Did it on nights and weekends when I was working a full-time career. So proved that I could bust my hump 
So that was there was a nice little uh, I'll say brain boost, confidence boost off of that. And but I did it originally because I had such a great resume and I'd worked my way up in the corporate space, but I never finished that degree from the '90s, right? So I was like, okay, let me go back. Let me be the first person in my family to have a degree. But fast forward to today in entrepreneurship. There's two schools of thought on that, right? The hard knocks thing. Like, hey, I can learn anything online nowadays. You got YouTube University, they call it. You know, so like I can just search for on YouTube and learn it. So how do you guys address that? Because I still promote education if it applies. Uh, obviously, from online education and degrees, like my wife, she's a vet doctor. Dude, you can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to open up a vet business one day. <laughs> you might want to know something about medicine and, <laughs> and animals and anatomy. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but like, what are your thoughts on the business side of things? Because I think online education and degrees totally apply, especially to big corporate world where I used to be. You cannot climb that ladder without some pedigree. But nowadays, I've seen some companies say, well, let's also see some of that real-world application, some job experience. How are you guys addressing all those discussion points right now? Yeah, well, actually, I think you covered the whole gamut. I mean, yeah. you and I have a bit of a network bias because we're both entrepreneurs. Right. And so you know, we look at that as lifelong learners where we go out and we say, well, you can learn, like you said, anything on YouTube or in these platforms. If you are dedicated enough, you can learn how to do anything in the world through all this freely available content. Podcasts, audiobooks. Yeah. Incredible time to be right. alive. Um, but, you know, what we, what, so because of that network bias, we assume that everyone is going to be able to pick up, learn anything, new career, become an entrepreneur. But the reality is, is most people, like you said, work in a large organization. They want to learn, work in an organization mm -hmm. and the degree is still king. And so that's what hasn't changed. And it's funny that you touched on is that a lot of the intangibles of getting that degree, the, the, um, the things that are associated with getting it, not the degree in and of itself are so important when you're hiring. Like you said, it shows a lot of determination mm -hmm. to go through, complete a degree, um, have the, um, uh, not only the wherewithal and the, uh, the intellectual acumen, but the, you know, the, the actual hard work that's involved with that. That shows a lot about someone. And, you know, they do study after study. And aside from a lot of some of the tech companies coming out now and saying, oh, we don't hire based on degrees, even though they still do. They do. It's still, they do. Yeah. It's, it's still the number one consideration or at least a threshold you have to meet when you're getting a job at an organization or a move up. It's just there. And, you know, and it's, it's, you could argue that's not the world that we want to, it to be in. You know, you know, maybe there's other merits that we can uh, hang our hat on, so to speak. But it is the world we live in today. And, and that's why it is so important because you've got so many people who want to go back to school, but they just can't. Because right now in the current system, the cost benefit of going back to school has completely been thrown off. Yeah, it's interesting. So how do you now that's one thing that I found the traditional brick and mortar universities, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, sucked at it. I mean, yeah. I was because I was already a professional coming back to learn. They were not good at assigning a cost-benefit analysis. They just said, oh, well, you got to get your pedigree, aka degree. And I say, like, I understand that, but I need see now that I had a brain in my head, you know, I had the knowledge, I had I already had too much knowledge. So I'm like, okay, can you extrapolate a cost-benefit analysis on that? Like I knew what that meant. I didn't need I need a degree to tell me that because I was already living in the real world. Like I was already managing 30, 40 person teams. I was already coaching, I was already a business coach in the corporate space, coaching and developing employees for them without a degree. So I'd already done a lot. Like I was making more money than my friends who had degrees. So yeah, it was a weird conundrum where I was at. That's why I was intrigued about this, this, uh, this chat today, because I was like, well, is anybody actually trying to answer those questions? Because it is not an easy one answer across the board. I understand that, but there's so many people out there that I feel maybe weren't older. Like I was, that are also struggling. Like I was probably what, 26 to 30 when I finally finished my degree. And that was before I left it all behind and went to go be a firefighter, but I wouldn't do it until I finished that piece of paper. I'm like, nope, close that chapter before you go cr try this adrenaline junkie thing to see if you're gonna fall in love with it or not. <laughs> and, and then obviously I did it for a couple of years. I'm like, okay, I, I could do more and made a different path and became an entrepreneur. So like, how do you guys help people with that? Is there, is there resources coming forth to help people kind of work that through their head. You know, y yes and no. Um, I think that you're unique in that you stuck it out and finished the program. 
Where I think is more common is that people take a little bit of, you know, take a few courses and they don't end up finishing. They get into the workforce, they begin working and, you know, life happens, you get responsibilities, you get kids, you get a job, you get a dog, you know, all these different things, debt, all these different things. And then you feel that, well, now how do I go back? That was actually me in 2005, 2006, because I had originally tried school in the 90s and then stopped work my way up into companies and they're like, okay, dude, let me just start taking a couple classes again, see if I can get this thing going. And it took me until uh, I graduated. Uh, ceremony was January, 2010. So there was a big gap in there. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's incredible that you were able to, to have, to go through that. Not, not now, of course, after getting to know you, that's, I'm not surprised by that. I'm, a, I'm my own worst self-critic. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but isn't that but, something we could pause on real quick, that mental fortitude, right? And this is not about patting myself, myself on the back or you, but like people hearing this, especially, you know, here's the thing. Let me, I'll go ahead and say it. The millennial generation is our next largest world-changing population after the baby boomers. Us Gen Xers are kind of like, you know, we said it, like that go-between. Yeah. You know, so I'm taking on part of my legacy message with this show and everything we'll do is like, what, what can we pass on? Maybe a little wisdom. Because I tell people all the time, you could acquire all the knowledge in the world. But a great mentor of mine told me, he's like, great, you can be the smartest person, air quotes, in the world, have all the knowledge, but if you're not passing it on, it's, you're missing the step of wisdom. And pass it on. Like, help people learn from this. And right. a lot of the millennials, especially in the job hiring sector, because I used to do hiring and everything else, they're getting a, somewhat getting a bad vibe. And now it's actually some funny TV commercials I heard coming out where the millennials are actually, like, reading – social media comments on a commercial and then laughing at it because it's they're literally reading people busting on them and my biggest thing there is i'm excited because they want to change the world but i also feel that there's a little bit of loss they're like they're, they're feeling a little bit lost misdirection they're going right for purpose and not maybe skipping some of the essential uh you know road building processes right like you can't just say you know tomorrow i'm gonna have a brand new highway well might need some engineers might need some raw material might need some time to build that amazing uh, feat. So, so what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, the millennials, I actually, I, I thought it was genius that I was speaking with a millennial and he said, you know, I gotta say as a millennial, it's actually not so bad. I mean, everybody on the planet thinks the worst of you. That, I mean, <laughs> you can only do better. I'm laughing, than what but that's, all- <laughs> that's sad. That's a shame. That's it a shame. is, it's a, it's a shame. it is, it actually is sad. And when he said that, it really changed my whole perspective on them. Cause I, I think like, as you said, you know, every group looks down on them uh, oh, yeah. for whatever reason. We were sure. ripped on. We were, we oh, were ripped on. Yeah. Come on. Of course. Yeah. It's part of it, right? That, a lot of that's part of it. You know, that when you, when you're the youngest generation, it's like, Oh, kids these days. Yeah, like, oh. But I have to say the millennials and tell me what you think of, this is my assessment. I think you've got a lot of people who are idealists, which is a good thing. They look at the world. They, they, they've got an ideal view that they want, to manifest out, they're not, they're not beholden these constraints, con, or, uh, constraints of what we would typically look at, like oh well, you have to go, you know, be uh, this kind of job, you have to be responsible, you have to family, like they're they've kind of transcended all that, mm-hmm. and of course it appears that they're very self-centered, and especially because they've grown up with all these tech platforms that are inherently self-centered and and oh yeah uh, you know and and uh and it does have an effect on your uh, attention span and social connecting ability so that too as well right and so you've got all these do-gooders who want to make a difference and who want to work on interesting things but yeah i think that there is a as a disconnect because we've also lived in the greatest and most um decadent period in all of humanity where you can be in your mom's basement for 10 years on a computer and your costs are low and you know you don't necessarily have to get that kick in the pants like many generations prior did. Yeah, trust me, that wasn't my childhood. So yeah. again, I'm not trying to, I'm not I'm not using the old adage uh, from my dad's days where like I had to walk six miles <laughs> through six feet of snow. So like obviously Gen X, what would our version of that be? Um, Oh, actually, I, I did get a car at 17, so I, I, or I worked two jobs from 14 to 16 to save up money for my first car. So, again, no one handed me anything. My dad's like, oh, you want to buy a car? Oh, well, you also have to save for your first year of insurance. And I said, <laughs> I was like, well, this is my car. I'll go buy if I want. He's like, no, not under my roof. He's like, you will have your money saved up for your first year of car insurance before you ever buy that car. And wow. I was like, 
ouch, there's, I saw that delayed me. That's why I didn't get my license when I was 16. Back then I could have. So these little things, these little nuances yeah. from our childhood. Whereas nowadays, to your point, I don't even have to leave a house. I could, if you're a smart enough person, you could find a way to start up a little side hustle online, start selling stuff on Amazon or whatever. And you could literally possibly even get so successful you make more money than your parents while mm -hmm. living in your mom's basement like you just said. You're right. right. It, there's all these tech, technological advancements that have created so much freedom. But to your point, I feel like we've lost some of the, the brick laying as I kind of I was trying to connect to the whole highway building thing. We've lost the foundation, right? The, the foundational structure that will build a longevity of success. And I, uh, that's where I will give respect back to structured education. You may not agree with every little thing that you're learning in that program. But the point of it is to help at least dial in some structure, some focus. It gives you something you count on. You know what's coming next. And it, it, they're not saying you can't have freedom of thought. But it's like, okay, well, at least prove that you could follow this. And you don't have to agree with everything. Just get it done. Right? Oh, you're right. <laughs> well, so let me actually throw this by because I've had this kind of epiphany recently about to understand millennials versus us. And I think you would agree that in our generation, probably you and I, we would attribute a lot of our success to a tolerance for pain, right? We're willing to work hard to get to a goal. We're willing to, um, whether that be through health, through uh, from a career perspective, you know, you, you respect a high tolerance of pain through other people as well. Okay. And so I always thought that that was a huge advantage, but you look at the millennials and I think for them, there's a lower tolerance for that. Like, hey, why am I gonna be going suffering through all this, right? Yeah. And at first I remember, I kind of resented that, but at the same time, I actually have to say there is an, there is a corollary benefit to that because I think that you and I would agree we would become susceptible to enduring something that's not good for us over mm. a long period of time because you're you're used to being able to tolerate a lot of pain. Yeah. So you could go through you could go down a road whether in business or your life and deal with something that is absolutely caustic to your personality where they would never tolerate that. In fact, they're trying to take the fastest result, uh, route to anything. And actually, I kind of respect that. Well, yeah, they're, they're looking for the hack. I hate to keep they, yeah, that word. Right. Been, that word hack. has been blown up in the past 10 years like like nobody's business. Hack yeah, this, right. hack that, hack your health, hack it all. <laughs> and it's like, okay, <laughs> let's just slow down. Because right. I'm, I, am, I am an efficiency guy. But I agree with you, yes. Um, there's, there's getting from point A to point B in the most efficient way. But there's also some power in hitting the speed bumps and the roadblocks along the way. Because if you try and hack that and skip over all of it, you're missing some of the most powerful lessons. And I, that, that ties us back to entrepreneurship, sure. right? People think the entrepreneurial thing is this most amazing thing ever. And I'm like, yes, if you have the right mindset for it. Because yeah. If you think you can hack entrepreneurship, you got another thing coming, dude. You have to be ready for these roadblocks, speed bumps, or literally smacking your face right up against a, a brick wall and having to start completely over from scratch. And that's, that's what people are missing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they look at it and they and they, they see only the romanticized aspects of it. The uh, you know the big stories about you know X Y founder or X startup is successful. But you're right, man. That you it takes an incredible amount of resilience and optimism and uh just a scrappiness yeah to get through all this yeah it's not yeah. easy yeah i mean i mean you might be able to hear him the listeners never get to hear him because of my microphone but our, our calvin the coonhound i gotta tie him in because three four years ago when i first started the podcast <laughs> he would start howling and barking i would get upset during a podcast show but i realized through truth and transparency of my brand and who i am and my lifestyle i want him to show up on the microphone sometimes because yeah, I'm a dog owner. You know, it's so, you, right? It's part of our brand. Yeah. But also, he stuck it out. He beat cancer. We had to cut his leg off to save him. He's a tripod. He's now 11 and a half years old. Uh, as of this past Thanksgiving, he survived over a year now of of cancer. And wow. you know, so that's fortitude, right? He doesn't know any better. If you tried, if you went to the park with him right now, it's like he's always had three legs. He'll chase yeah. after another dog. He tries to run down deer. I'm like, dude, you got three <laughs> legs, bro. <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know? Yeah. So it's like these things that we're having fun with right now, but I want to tie this back in is that, you know, it's, we're, I, want, I want to geek out a little bit about health and fitness too, right, for the fortitude piece. But actually, let's, let's connect that on this and just hit it on cancer. So I didn't realize in my 20s 
looked at staying ahead of my health and fitness mattered because when we're all in our 20s, everybody's kind of pretty bulletproof for the most part. I mean, I never got to go away to college because I was working. But on the weekends, I would go away to that college campus like Penn State main campus where my buddy's fraternity was and go party with those dudes and then drive back on a Sunday night and go to the nine to fiver while they're get the hang and keep partying. <laughs> so I've gone to the college parties. They just, I wasn't living away for this. So yeah. I was the hard knocks work, work, work. Oh, I'm taking classes when I can guy. Um, but I, I, you know, I probably pushed the envelope on a few things and uh, I, you know, now am I, I'm 42 Yes, as you get older, things change. You got to stay ahead of the curve. The twenties, you can just let it happen. But I could tell you, if I could pass on anything to the twenties, the thirties, the forties, just like we're talking about here, the roadblocks, the speed bumps. Like, oh my God, if you could stay ahead of your health and fitness, or just keep it maintained this whole time, that is a huge variable that doesn't become a problem as you get older. So these people are crushing it and like climbing that corporate ladder, dude. I was stressed out. I I was a I was a jerk. Um, and I would, I would smooth it over when I was in the office and make myself the most amazing manager ever. But in my personal life, it sucked. I, I literally did not chase anything romantic. I, I was almost like, I didn't believe in romance. I didn't have a date and that's a whole different podcast. But the point is like, I wasn't putting my health and fitness first. And yeah. then when I hit my thirties, it was like, Oh, epiphany. Because I was back in school on nights and weekends at the end of my 20s and my 30s, or then I was the firefighting, like your health and fitness was everything. And that, to this day, now I carried that fast forward another decade in my 40s. I'm like, dude, like I can sit here and podcast and rock two, three shows a day if I wanted to go run a business during the day, then go out mountain biking at night because my health and fitness is here. I have the necessary energy to get through all of that. And uh, I just I'm intrigued how we want to roll this into the show because that is something important to this show and the audience. And I do believe some whether it's millennials or even the Z Gen nowadays. I think that's the new one, right? Z. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. uh, millennials and beyond, and also our fellow Gen Xers out there, like guys. Classic quote: Our health is actually our true wealth because I can always make more money. I can't make more health. I can't make more years of my life. I'm just trying to last longer. <laughs> But I've proven it. I can make more money and make a comeback. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, man, it's so true. The, the epidemic that nobody is talking about is the diabetes epidemic mm. and all of these things. Like, you know, right now, uh, everybody thinks like, oh, if you're diabetic, you're diabetic. But what they don't realize is that all of the modern diseases are just basically because everybody is pre-diabetic. And diabetes is one of those weird things where they just draw this line across the chart for your, you know, for your blood sugar and your insulin level. And oh, if you cross that threshold, you're diabetic. But the reality is, if you're even anywhere remotely close to that line, you are. And you're starting to exhibit all these diseases. And man, you're right. Like the, the health problems that start to occur, not only just like the, the physical aspects that definitely have an effect on someone's self-confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you dispense with those. Oh, yeah. Let's, we haven't talked about psychology, right? The, the, the mental oh, sure. health side of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But just, you know, just the, but just the longevity factor of being healthy all the way up until, your, um, until the day you die. Mm -hmm. It's such a big factor. In fact, I was, um, I wrote a, um, so I, I had children recently. I've got three kids under three and a half. And one of the exercises I did was I wrote them a letter and I tried to incorporate, this is going to be for them way down the road. And I tried to incorporate a lot of wisdom into that letter. And one of the key tenets of the band, basically I'll, I'll boil some of it down is that, you know, you have to live a life of happiness. And one of the tenets of that is, is health. And if that's not in balance, you're never going to be happy. And I, and I talk about why. And, and so, yeah, man, I, I think that that is something that is often neglected and that you just, you just see it. I mean, you, you really see it, like you said, in people that are our age, mm -hmm. because that's when they, everybody's got a gut. Like when I, you know, when you walk uh, down the beer belly. for men, the beer belly, yeah, yep. for men, I don't, I don't know about for women, but for men, you walk dad, in an airport. Dad bod. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it just, it just becomes commonplace that everybody's got a gut. Uh, yeah. everybody has got lean, no, not really muscle mass. Yeah. I mean, look at that. I know you're mad. You're like, you're a truck. Yeah. Uh, so, I, don't, I don't know what this gut thing is. I, I also quit, yeah. I also quit beer five years ago, but that's a, uh, that's a, a little tip Good for you. Man. Everybody's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So just that's throwing that easy. out there. Yeah. But you know, you know what it comes to, but it all comes down to is that I think, I don't know about like what your motivation is. My motivation was really twofold. It was one, my personality is if I know the best way to do something, 
I can't not do it. And so the, when you go down the rabbit's hole of health and you understand all the health benefits, well, if I eat sugar right now, what's really happening in my body and what that's going to do? I Biologically. Can't, can't eat it. Yeah. Well, exactly. And chemically. And, and, and then the second piece is that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, after watching some of my family members as a kid, I am definitely afraid of being in a hospital the last 10 years of my life. I don't want it. And so that really motivates me where, yeah, that is a top, top of mind thing every day. Well, let's tie it back into obviously your brand, right? So you're focusing on online education, you know, getting people to wrap their heads around taking courses again and creating, take advantage of some of that freedom. And, and now more than ever, it's even easier thanks to online, thanks to the advancements of the internet and the advancements of technology. And my thing is this, like, okay, well, can you imagine if you're, if you're so stuck on sugar that you're going to go tonight and try and crush out a couple of online course loads and then, oh, you're crashing from energy and your focus is off. So then you're going to probably do sugar load something and then you finish your courses, but then you got to go work tomorrow morning. So now you still got that sugar in your system because you just pushed through the classes, which now your sleep cycle is going to suck. So then you're going to go try and go to work tomorrow. And then it becomes a cascading effect. And then it impacts actually your course's success, your educational success, which then in turn impacts your professional confidence, your psychology. I could keep going. And it's like, guys, like if you just check off the health thing as like, okay, I got it. Oh my God. You free up so much freedom and, and less stress. And again, back to energy. You have good, clean, high-burning energy, so you could do stuff like I did. Go back to school in my late twenties, and I, because I was, I was literally teaching spinning classes at six o'clock in the morning, then going to my corporate gig, managing people during the day, and then taking two two classes a night. It was an accelerated online program that my local university had launched, and uh, they actually won awards for it because they said, "Well, traditional schooling is, you know, what what is it? Still sixteen weeks, right?" Is that about right? Uh, yeah, or yeah. yeah, could be semesters. Traditional semesters can be. I don't know. It's changed probably, but back in the day, or it was always sixteen week semesters. And they say, well, wait a minute. You're an online education, and you're an adult student, so you already have certain thresholds achieved as an adult student because you already know how to work hard, follow a schedule, blah 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 blah. So the professors like they literally came out and said, like, listen. I shouldn't have to waste any time on trying to tell you to meet a deadline, do this, do that. Like you're an adult. All right. I'm going to go ahead and assume <laughs> you have a freaking clue. All right. So he's like, let's focus on just the courses and, and the knowledge. So he's like, you can do 16 weeks in eight weeks. Yes. It's accelerated. It's a little bit more intense, but if you want to take this seriously and you want to get this thing done. So that, that's what I did to finish my education after all those years. Like, all right, you know, bunker down, man, I'm all in, let's do this. But I had Seriously. to have my sleep dialed in, my health dialed in, because I still did the spinning, the corporate gig, and the classes. It was crazy. So. That's so true, actually. Now that you bring that up, that's something I always discount. I always, I kind of forget how statistically unhealthy so many people are in the country. You're right, I forget about things like that. We do and not set a good example for the world. <laughs> <laughs> we At all, as a country. And I oh, love this don't. country. I love this country. Yeah, you're right. But you're right, we got a real problem. And, uh, but you're, I, I rarely think about that. And, and, and that's true. I mean, what is the capability you have after you take care of your health? And you just touched on all those different things. I mean, that's, it, it's amazing. Well, heck, dude, you being an entrepreneur and being a super dad, you say you got three kids? Yeah. Yeah, dude. All you, man. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I was no, like, right. uh, Actually, I'll take my adrenaline chunky sports and I'll be the cool aunt and uncle because I can play with those guys and then like, oh, you're annoying. And I give them back. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't hide it. I don't hide it. And it's cool. I think the world does need cool aunts and uncles and my wife and I will be happy to fulfill that need. Uh, oh, uh, man, you're, you're yeah. going to come over and I'm all you do is I'm going to issue you a kid as you come in the door and this yeah. will be yours for the weekend. And yeah. then... <laughs> oh, wait, whoa, 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 weekend. Whoa, let's just slow your roll here. Okay, you're freaking me out. <laughs> I've, I've got a two-day minimum to make sure you stay long enough Ooh. to help, yeah. Okay, uh, I feel like you're, you're cramming back in this intensive learning <laughs> protocol here. Uh, but but yes, right? It's like we're joking around about this. But like, and we're, I want to tie this back into your platform, right? Like you've you've taken the time to create OnlineDegree.com. I, and obviously you did this before deciding to fire off three kids, right? Is that when it kind of started? What was your founding? I don't even know. It, it did. It actually happened right as my first son was, uh, my, my wife was pregnant with my first son. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now uh, let, let's, let's tie it together a little bit. How was your health and wellness at that time? Think Pretty good. It. Yeah. I, I've, I've basically been the same person with, I had a, uh, I had a, um, I'm gonna say like a, 
health renaissance when I was 18 years old. Okay. And uh, I basically, and by, by the way, before that, I was a fat kid. Oh, yeah. I was fat yeah. almost all my, my entire life. Hey, you look like, so, I mean, on video, you look like a pretty lean dude. Yeah, now Ladies and gentlemen, I, I went, hearing this on the podcast, make sure you go watch this on Facebook and YouTube. But <laughs> you're right. Now I've, I've been the same weight and like musculature ever since then. And uh, but I was I was I was a fat kid before. Yeah. And so after that renaissance, yeah, I've lived a very at least health driven web uh, lifestyle. And yeah. so at that point, yeah, it was got nothing because now you're bringing it up. I always discount again that aspect of it of that being possible. We take right, our health for granted. We do. We absolutely do. Yeah. Even when it's a priority. And, and, and that's uh, just it. Like, again, like you guys can have this huge database of online courses. By the way, I haven't done any screen sharing yet. So as we're talking about this, I'm going to just screen share for the video. But it's like you, yeah. you guys build this massive database of all these free courses, and you're trying to work with these colleges for college discounts. So I'm going to have you expand on this stuff. But it's like, okay, imagine if you were type 2 diabetic or on the verge of diabetes. You were stressed out from those stresses on your body, and you started having kids, and you were still trying to launch this company. Oh, you're right. It would have been. Would I don't have know. Been I mean, granted, it didn't happen that way, but I'm just trying to fathom that because I don't care if it's an online business or a physical brick and mortar business. There's a lot of extra hours getting put in. There, there is this. This is not that nine to five or thing. Okay. That's the thing. Yeah, it's a it's a black hole of time. You and I both know that as an entrepreneur. It's just it it takes everything you've got every hour of the day. And uh, yeah, you're right. That's that. It is. It's imp- you know that's a, that's actually an interesting post to do uh, mm. of how health. And correlating health with, you know, hard work and life and uh, startups and things like that. I've, I've never, I don't, I don't see a lot of that. No. And that, that's one of my missions, obviously, is to tie that back in. You're helping us do that today. So let, let's, yeah. let's, let's dig, because I already got the site up. Let's dig into this. Like, okay, so why free courses? What's up with that? Because like, how, how can you be an online entrepreneur making money and paying for three kids and you're giving away free stuff? <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, good question. Well, you know, you know what it was? As you, as you kind of, I was trying to, solve a problem. And when you try to solve a problem, you look at the issue and you say 35 or 40 million working adults, depending upon you know the estimate, need to go back to school mm-hmm. or want to upscale. There's that word again. Upscale, like it. Upscale. I'm, using I'm using that when this show gets out. Yeah, I'm taking notes. Take that. I wish, I, I, wish I came up with that. <laughs> That's okay though. We're going to use that. And uh, But they, they're not taking that first step. They're just, they're... Um, they want to make their lives better, and and this is in the face of huge macro trends that are that are that are, are detrimental to the American worker. I mean, think about it. globalism, robot automation, um, like these things have significant impacts on, or a pandemic, you know, a, 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 a viral pandemic. These things have huge implications on the job market, right? I mean, just to give you one scary statistic: trucking. There's two million trucking jobs in the U.S. People making eighty thousand dollars a year, right? It's Which a tough a, job, but it's a good salary for the average. It's a good meeting. salary. That's yeah. right. It's a, it's it's a tough job, but it's a good salary. And they estimate within the next five ten years that those jobs are going to be wiped out by robot convoys on the road. It's happening right now. Which I'm going to tell and, you right now, ten ten years. Uh, it might take a little bit longer than that, but it's still a concern. It is. Yeah, I've, well, I've know, read the articles. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that I know a lot of people kind of fall into the camp. They think it's kind of delayed, but there's convoys on the road now. I mean, it's gonna it's 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 gonna happen faster than we think, right? You and I would agree. Yeah. Where are what are these people going to do to go back to the workplace? Two million people, mm-hmm. right? At that kind of a level, it's scary. So I knew that you have to overcome as a working adult so many of these impediments that exist to get an adult to change their habits and do what they know they need to do. And, you know, one of those is the psychological impediment, right? As working, so I'll, let me give you the, how online degree works, and then I think it'll make more sense. Yeah, there we go. So anybody can get started in 60 seconds without interviews, entrance exams, get started taking as many college level courses as they'd like that could get them credit towards their college degree. And we also organize discounts at universities across the country to further lower their burden, basically saving you, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40% in your degree. And we do it all for free. So how do you get the 30 to 40% thing is because you've already proven these people were willing to commit to at least your platform and you're creating that affiliated marketing association. Cause you're kind of making their lives a little bit easier as a university onboarding people or. Yeah. So the I'm way intrigued. that the, the reason, yeah, I can explain the model. Well, you know, the way to look at this from a, from a, from a student side is, is we're, we're a modern alternative to the junior college system. 
work, right? Because that system is just totally broken. Wait, when you refer, let me pause because I think I might have been that guy. Uh, I started actually at a community college. Would right. that be junior college? Yeah, I'm sorry. Community okay. college, new well, college. I mean, there's different thing. terms, but yeah, I just want to make yeah, sure that's right. people hear that. And actually, right. I, I, that is a, a system I wish I would have used better. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, it's true, right? Because that, I mean, really, when you look at it up until now, that was really one of the only names and like the only ways you could really lower the cost of, of, uh, of, of schooling and, and, and be able to maybe, you know, have it more flexible in your own schedule, but things have totally changed. And the community con college system in, you know, I'll get your take on this is really broken in so many ways because it's not so cheap. I mean, you still have to pay a decent amount. Oh yeah. It is not that accessible because it's a government institution and government institutions are always behind the times. They're not able to adapt quickly enough to make programs online. And most importantly, because they're government run, they don't treat students like customers. And so they don't provide all of the awesome support and things that you need to help get you to where you want to go at, to get to that four-year university, right? They I, just- I agree with that because yeah. I was a, so a, a very, at the time, was the largest community college on the East Coast I, from the stats back then was Northampton Area Community College. We called it Knickknack or Knack. Anyway, it was right here uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philadelphia. And- they were a great school. They, they still are. They're still kicking butt. They now have, I think they have two or three campuses now. So they've not just one place anymore. But again, you want to get a two-year degree or at least because then go to the four or you want to at least save some money and get the basic courses out of the way without paying the big university price. That was the hack back then. That's right. And I liked it because it was local. Now, granted, I ended up transferring to Penn State University. And Penn State is one of these rare collegiate models where their university is broken up with Commonwealth campuses throughout the state. So you don't have to go to the main mm. campus. And over the years, they've improved. They've now, they, you can now get a four-year degree at the local Commonwealth campus. Whereas when I went, you had to go to main campus to get any of the four-year degrees or greater. Oh, so that cool. was always a big, scary threshold for me because I was the guy trying to pay my own way. And I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, paying for a car. It was, it was hard. And that's what made me drop out. Because I said, you know what? I'm taking time off. Uh, I, I got a great company I'm working with. It was a startup. I was moving up. I mean, back then, I was like, I think I was making like 28 grand a year. And I thought it was amazing. Uh, but at 18 years old, I was like, dude, this is cool. Like, they were paying me to travel. I was opening up call centers for them in like Connecticut and California. And I was like, dude, I'm 18, 19 year old. I'm training adults. Wow, this is weird. Um, <laughs> But that was a rarity. And but back to the community college thing, man, they were the courses were so much cheaper back then. When I went to Penn State, it was only twenty five hundred dollars a semester. It is wow. not that yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. I know. It's 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 ballooned. Yeah. It's, and it's that and that's sad because Penn State is a state university, a land grant university. And I've always been a little bit I'm a big Penn State fan, but I'm like, eh, you're upsetting me a little bit. You know, you're making this easier for people. But back to the advantage of these um, junior colleges, community colleges, I, I mean, tying it back to online too, is that if you try and transfer and go to a main campus like Penn State, traditional basic, um, like especially, I don't know, sophomore to junior years, anything that's English, math-related, science-related, you're going to be in classes of like 300 people, 200 people, oh, sometimes yeah. 500 people. It's psychologically overwhelming, one. Two, there's no way you're getting the focus from an instructor. When I went back to school in my late 20s, uh, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Because whether I'm virtual or in person, that one class I was doing, my professor load was 20 per professor, maybe 30 tops. That was cool. And that was yeah. very similar to the community college I used to do back in the 90s as well. So You're right. And, like, and <clears throat> as you're explaining, none of that's built for a busy adult. No. All of that, like busy adults do it, just as your case, that, you know, you, 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 you persevere through this system, this juggernaut that's not designed for you, but it's not. It's totally not. And, <laughs> and so because it's not, you, you know, we begin to question kind of back to what we were just talking about. What is, how does every adult ever take that first step? It's right? daunting. It's serious. It's daunting. Yeah. So you've got, you know, you've got the physical impediments, right? Mm -hmm. I can't leave work. I right. just can't, you know, to go to school. And then. Especially if you're got, an adult you, with a, starting a family. Exactly. When you, you leave work, you usually go home to take care of your family. Right. So, there, so it's not conducive to your schedule. Then there's the, the financial 
impediment, right? Because it, for me to then go to school, I have to take this enormous leap mm -hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to get my loans in. I'm going to do all this to get started. And I have no idea if I'm going to succeed. Nope. So it's this enormous, so people don't do that enormous leap, right? And then finally, the biggest one, which I think we cater to as well, is the, is the psychological impediment, which is that, can I do this? Can I be successful? I haven't been in an online classroom. It's been a long time. Can I fit this into my schedule? Can I be successful in these courses? Will I like it? You know, all of these questions that basically just create inaction, we help people wade into the pool as opposed to jump in. So instead, if you've got a platform where people can come in, and that's why it had to be free to answer your questions, because I wanted to remove all of those barriers. There's no more excuses. Anybody can come in, just try it out. Go take a course on really interesting stuff, robotics, computer science, um, you, know, you know, all these interesting topics. Now, are the free, this, this first year of courses, is that the same across all domains? All of the courses on the site are free. Are they, so are the, they credit a, a chaining courses? So the way it works is, is we're considered a non-collegiate provider. So we go out and we've created these 15 courses. We've got an academic advisory board, all comprised of professors. We can, we can create all these online courses that you can take 24 seven at your own pace at home, anytime you want. Okay. And they're all series of video lectures. And then what we do is we go and we work with universities to accept our courses for credit as partners. Okay. So when you take the course, let's say you take, there's up to 44 units of credit you can get. It, be, it materializes when you enroll at a university. Okay. So we, we're, not a, we're not a credit granting body because that's only for universities. Uh, but, oh, there's, there's the, that's what I was trying to clarify. Okay, so you yeah. build up the database for that student and then you present that to the universities to see who's going to recognize it, who's going to approve it. And then if they recognize and approve it, which they do, then you'll get the accreditation, which exactly. goes into whatever program you were looking to apply into. Exactly. So if you're, if you're a student, you come to the platform and you can look at all the schools we work with and we're more coming on board every single day. And what's great about this too, is that we've handpicked these schools that are the most adult friendly. So we're going after those schools. And what I mean by adult friendly, you know, what does that mean? Well, I think it's more are, small to mid-sized universities, right? It can be, but even some large ones too. You know what it is? It's actually more about the size. It, it's more about, you know, one, are they online? Do they have good tr credit transfer um, policies mm. because a lot of schools let's say you did take two courses at uh, community college you know most universities they don't accept them that's, back, that's back also... then when i did it it was a lot harder yeah that's right i found out the hard way i was like dude i just lost like a few grand that's right because i that's was like making an... the community college happy but i wasn't making my transferring full accredited university happy so that's right that you know that's one of those sad facts no one talks about about the community college again back to that that it's really it's an outdated you know, institution. And so, you know, there's all these things additionally that make it, you know, adult friendly. Um, there's support systems for adults. Hmm. You know, it goes on and on and on. So now you can go on there, pick one of the schools that's there and say, okay, this looks like a great school. See how our courses map. We organize a discount for you as well. And just make it so easy to save that 30 to 40% on your degree. And again, a pathway and plan that was built for a busy adult. I love it because... I wasn't expecting it to connect so well on all this <laughs> because I was yeah. like, oh yeah, been there, done that, made that mistake, lost that. I mean, it's very, right. very similar. It's, um, so I'm intrigued because I, I have heard over the years that some of these community colleges have been trying to get better relationships with the accrediting universities. They are getting more partnerships. Uh, I will say the university that I, I finished at was a, it was formerly a college and then they earned their university status before I came over and then yes, they actually accepted almost all of my community, old community college credits from the 90s and my Penn State credits from the early 2000s. So that was one of the big convincing factors for me, right? Because I didn't, oh, okay. have, I yeah. didn't have this option, but I'm like, oh, this is a private university. It wasn't public, which means it was more expensive. That's why I'm still paying off that school uh, because yeah. it was twice the cost of Penn State, but they had the accelerator program. They found a way to really get all of my courses worked into my my transfers. So they really helped me feel more valued coming in. Now, granted, after that, because I was taking my time, I ended up changing majors like two or three, two more times. Uh, but, you know, eventually I got the program. Like, listen, that's normal. <laughs> I've got course load done. I went from like IT management. Actually, I was originally an engineer at Penn State. Then I went into IT because I was working for a tech company at the time. Then I got I went to try and go with like a managerial level of that, executive level of that. 
And then I ended up just realizing that I've always been great at sales and marketing. So I ended up doing the BS. It was a BS, not a BA in marketing because I ended up taking some psychology classes and acing every single one of them, which jacked oh, okay. the GPA up. Apparently, I'm a geek about psychology. So that allowed me to get the BS instead of the BA. And I almost went dual major. But then they're like, listen, Scott, you can graduate now. Like, why would you want to wait another year and a half unless you're going PhD in psychology? There's no point. So I did have a great advisor on that. And I was like, check, I'm done spending money. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, that's rare. That's amazing. You got that kind of guidance, right? Wow. Well, back to our point earlier. I was not impressed with my advisors at Penn State. Now, grants back in the 90s, I'm sure they've improved. Maybe, maybe not. Um, my community college, eh, you could tell I was just a number. And I, yeah. I, I respected the costs I saved, and I had some great professors there. But my advisor sucked. Actually, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me sum this up. My high school advisor sucked. My Penn State one sucked. And the community college one sucked. But shout out to Sales University. I loved my advisor because she only worked with adult students. Oh, okay. That's a big deal. Yeah, that was their whole program. Well, so, and, and you know what's sad too? There are good people in these organizations to that credit of that woman or that person who was with you. I mean, yeah. there are excellent people and they're very determined. It's, it's, it's not their fault. The professors, they're, they're all excellent. It's just the institution itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's government run. And like we look at any other government run institution, the DMV, right? The, uh, the post office. The, the whole goal here is to provide a service to everybody at the lowest cost and um and you know it's and it's and you're at, ultimately you're at the mercy of taxpayer dollars so you can't possibly provide a good service to everybody and provide something that everybody needs and stay in front of it. that's not how they're designed to move no it's a bureaucracy no so and you're, and you're getting really, that point earlier it's cumbersome and slow and i know we're supposed to, listen i i get it it's, I, I try and trust my government when i can but there's certain things that we got to step up and own ourselves and shop around, find platforms like yours or others. It's like, okay, what if this is the better option? Be willing to look and shop around. Don't trust the old faithful system that might be faithful, but slow and clunky. Well, that's it. And like you said, remember, like your point earlier, I thought was interesting. You said that the, the hack of the day was to use a community college. And that was true. Back then. And the hack and the hack of today is just very different. And now it's to bypass it completely. And there's all kinds of ways that you can lower the cost of your degree. And 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 what the problem is we all have to relearn the traditional pathways that our parents and friends and everyone told us and what we experienced to do it. Like I'll give you another example. The scholarship. You cannot have a conversation with anybody about college affordability, which is a huge crisis, mm -hmm. without them bringing up, well, you know, you got scholarships. But yeah, I I had scholarships. I'm air quoting right now. That was a right. joke. Yeah. Exactly. Well, here's the thing, you know, the, the sad reality is scholarships as a whole, it's 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 just it's a myth. Yeah. And it's a myth for high school students coming out, but it's even a greater, it's even like a a, a greater myth for a working adult. Oh no. I mean the only I have a few few colleagues from my firefighting days that have been able to only because I, when I was a wildfire, wild and firefighter with the federal government after I finished that degree, uh, I got to serve alongside of some uh, people from native tribes of this country. So that mm. was the one fathom, like two of those dudes decided to go and start taking classes again after I, you know, influenced them during our time serving. And yeah, so because they had a bloodline tied back to that, there was a guarantee of this. And but that, how? What's the percentile? Exactly. Of that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the first thing. I'm, so when I w I remember looking at scholarships too, to as like a you know a tool that we could help bring people with. Oh, sure. And yeah. and you're right. So part of it is when you start narrowing down, because the whole thing is, oh, there's billions of dollars worth of scholarships. When you start looking at the criteria and you whittle down what all the criteria are, you don't apply for a, a small fraction True. you could actually apply for. Because you're right. Are you maybe you're not a Native American? Are you not a professional athlete? Or I'm sorry, a, an NCAA athlete? Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of them are state specific. So if you don't live in a state, well, that precludes, you know, 49 out of 50 options for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You go down the line. Yeah. And then I hired a team of mathematicians uh, who, and who basically my goal was, my thesis was the math will never back out for how much time you commit based on the potential ROI. So we looked at this, we said, there's a $5,000 scholarship. And if you just dedicate 12 hours of time, when you think, which is actually not a lot, when you think about, the time spent searching for it, the time spent writing the essay, thinking about it, all those aspects, right? 12 hours, you could easily kill a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. And if you value your time 
only at the minimum wage of $7.25. Mm-hmm. Guess what the net return was based on the cost reward, based on like your likelihood to win. And the final, oh, and by the way, there's only 50 other applicants. Mm-hmm. It was $14. Oh my God. And then you know, here's the scary thing. If you increase that, we increase the math, the proof, just to, let's say $12 an hour, which most working adults, right? That's more respectable. It's like, in the, it now becomes negative. So it, in no other way, when you look at the math, does it ever make sense to oh, take I, the risk I, and do a scholarship? I can tell you now, I won't, I mean, not only because I've had to teach myself this over the past few years of running my own business. It's like, I won't get on a webinar call. Well, now this year, it's uh, minimum 250 an hour for my time. There you go. That's right? right. But now last year, I was still willing to chat here and there for 100. Uh, if I'm working with nonprofits, I got some other things I do, right? But it's like no one sits down and actually looks at what's your time worth. Now, granted, when you're 17, 18 years old, your time's not worth anything yet. Is it? Is it not, <laughs> right? So it's like, okay, where can I be investing my time? And yeah. I want to tie this real quick back to these free courses. I don't know if you've ever talked about this. I, and I'm going to preface this right now because we're coming towards the end of the show, and I want to make sure people know this. I am not being paid to sponsor this. But one thing I loved when I saw this was this. Because I was an adult student going back to school, uh, I I was trying to free up time. Now, nowadays, especially during this this uh, pandemic of the coronavirus, I think more companies now, right now, are having to finally consider virtual employment, right, remote offices, et cetera, to protect the health of their employees. But when I started doing this, nobody was doing it. It was very rare. And one thing I realized as a manager was, because I can speak to myself, not everybody's ready to hold themselves accountable remotely from home because I would start doing it and I was a slacker. Uh, I could do I'm like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to go. I'll just put my headset on my, I walk around, I'm doing laundry. I'm cooking. I'm doing all this stuff. Oh, let me dial in, do a little bit of work, but it was, it was hard. So I'm tying this back to schooling, dude, you got to get your stuff dialed in. And if you've never done anything like this, I like this because, okay, I got no risk. I can start programming my psychology and my mindset to start understanding what it's like to literally, air quotes, like work remote because I have to work on these courses. And I can start figuring out as an adult how to dial this in or even a young a young student as well. Like this is what it's like to do online learning. I didn't have that option. When they, when they started switching our course loads to hybrid, I had to start logging into this yeah. special site and doing it. There was no like, oh, here, we'll give you like six months to figure it out. Like, no, dude, you better submit these courses, get it done. Oh, um, and they didn't tell us like how long we should study remotely. I had to figure all this out. So I right. like that piece right there because I think for especially adult students, that's scary for a lot of people. Like, how yeah. do I start? How much time should I dedicate to studying? And how long is this going to take? So this is like a really smooth process to me anyway and i haven't even dug into it i'm just saying from a personal oh, experience you. So. well no that's that, you're right you think you know what you're touching on is that usually people just focus on the financial aspect and that's definitely there hey money's important cost benefit analysis going about to get a degree is important but you have gotten just i think innately it's the psychological aspects that help with it right yeah like can i um can i be successful i don't want to go in and start taking a course get a bad grade and then have that be on my record, right? No, yeah, right. I'd rather just go in, no pressure, no stress, start taking a course just to learn, and have the benefit that if I pass, I can you know apply that towards my degree. Yeah, I didn't That's have that cool. option. Your GPA is right. your GPA. That's it. <laughs> you can't That's just right. say, hey, could just could just like white whitewash that one off my record. Like, <laughs> let me give me a give me a second go. It's cool, right? right? Like, do I got to tip anyone? Like, no, <laughs> right? That wasn't an option. It's like, dude, you better bust your hump and get it done right. I mean, you could try and go back and take the whole course all over again. Which I think they did allow, but there's another huge, right? That's another, I mean, I was, I was accelerated. So that's another eight week commitment doing that class all over again. Uh, and actually now that we're talking about it, I think I did that once. It was some kind of advanced in-depth financial accounting. Dude, this is why I pay an accounting agency to do my stuff. <laughs> no, uh, uh-uh. like um, I respect people who, get degrees in finance and can sit there in front of a computer and crunch numbers. Cause I, I just want to smack my setup against a wall. I just, my head's like, no, I can't deal with it. But I yeah. had to do that class. I did that class a second time just to show a better GPA. So I, I haven't thought about that in a while, but see like, why, why should you have to do that? Like I wasn't yeah, ready for it. I was not ready for the amount of studying and course load. 
that that piece of my program was about to dump on me. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that, that's it. it. It's just to, it really is to just knowing us, right? Working adults, how do you pave that way to make it as easy as possible for people to take that first step? That was really the goal. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, certain things you have to make, it has to be free, accessible, cool courses. All those things have to be part of that in the DNA to make it work. I, I like the one when people go to your first site here, it was, uh, hold on. I was, I was actually intrigued. There you go. Uh, biology, organisms, and ecosystems. Only yeah. because I'm such a health nut now, and I'm, yeah. geek, I'm geeking out about gut health and gut biology and stuff like that. I'm like, huh, I might want to just take that one for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're really cool. No, there's a lot of cool ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and that was the other thing too, right? I remember like, you know, we we're, were first creating all the courses, and I'm meeting with the, with the, uh, all the academics and the advisory board, and you know, people are throwing out algebra and things, which granted to their credit are things that, you know, you need as your gen ed requirements, but nobody wants to come out of, you know, no one wants to come out of college retirement to go take an algebra class. That's not interesting. And I had to, that was painful. Oh, you did? Uh, See? Oh my God. I was like, hold on. I mean, I crushed trigonometry in high school because I studied microelectronics technology at a vocational technical school. So that was the other thing. Mm. I love seeing technology schools come make a comeback because we need that. Now, it, it is not just all about the BSs, but we need skilled labor as well, but from a technology standpoint. So I, I ended up crushing te- trigonometry and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden they want me to take calc and algebra. And I'm like, what? Like, I hated it. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> and right. I'm not using it right now at all. So it was a little frustrating, just a little bit. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, well, listen, so, no. so Grant, we've been having a blast, uh, but we do have to bring this show to a close because I'm sure you have a night. I got a night. You got three kids. I don't. But so uh, <laughs> I ended up having more of a blast today than I realized it. And I, we ended up connecting a lot better than I realized. So this is super yeah, cool. Man, thank you, Brad. Um, well, I asked my guest co-host to help close the show out. So and I kind of hinted at like, hey, why did you even come up with all this? Why was it so important? You helped us understand. But now this is your opportunity to close out. So you know what? And it took me three plus years of podcasting to come up with this. I was calling it your final words of the show. But now I've realized since starting my foundation and also we talked a lot about, you know, giving back to the millennials and beyond is, you know, what is our legacy? Like what is our legacy message we want to leave behind? So it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's like, you know, everything you're doing right now, like why? Like if people forgot everything else you and I talked today, what would be a, a final words or some, you know, legacy message you want to leave behind? Wow. That's interesting. You know, this is, the way you're asking me this, like, no, I, I don't think anyone's really asked me that, but it's timely because that letter that I've been writing to uh, my children and you know, what we come back to is happiness. You know, and it's weird about all that is that it's so intuitive that we have to be happy. Hmm. And yet it's one of the hardest things you could see people try to achieve. Because well, I think a lot of cases, people don't really know themselves. I think that's a sad thing. Like they, they kind of live their lives papering over, never going through introspection to really know who they are. And I think that's key, right? Because if you know who you are, you can know how to be happy. And sure. like, look at your life right now. All these things you're doing that, that are just awesome, right? You're living a life of health, uh, your, your career, your, uh, all your entrepreneurial ventures, the way you're helping people, your uh, philanthrop- uh, philanthropic efforts with your nonprofit. I mean, that all, that's all a life driven on happiness and, 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 a, and a living in the moment kind of thing. I think that that in and of itself is a legacy that you can leave hmm. and, and something that you can uh, be a good example of because it's sad, but that's just rare. Most people do not live that life. I have to agree with you. Uh, it, it took a few mis- well, many mistakes, because <laughs> that's called life. Uh, yeah. Back to an earlier part of the show, right? Making the speed bumps, everything else. But thank you. Th- those words mean a lot to me right now too, because it just happened again this weekend. Because as you and I are recording this, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, and it's my one-year wedding anniversary. So, oh, congrats! Uh, I waited to my 40s to figure this out. And uh, real quick, fun. I, we actually did it as a heli skiing themed wedding in the Canadian Rockies last year. So, uh, <laughs> are you really? Oh my you know, god, dude. <laughs> Do you know who you're talking you're, to right now? Uh, you're the man. Oh my god, I would I wouldn't do that if you. I, I don't. I, wow, I don't think I could ever get off, a, drop off a helicopter, or go skiing. Well, to be anyway, fair, sorry. They don't, I wanted to jump out, and they wouldn't let you jump. So they they have to land it on the mountaintop, and you have to get out safely. And I'm like, oh, boo. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, come on. All right, yeah. I, I found a woman, the one that could deal with my crazy brain. And number two, that was actually her and her mom's idea because they knew how crazy I was to get me to to 
to actually put a ring on it. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> pretty genius women. Yeah, that's so, good. Uh, but, but that's what you were talking about, right? It's like, I have to remind myself that even more day in and day out. Like, I do have a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm trying to leave that message behind. But it, what you just said, why are we doing all this, right? So, yeah, I want to be healthy and I want to have this amazing lifestyle to inspire other people that eventually you can do the same. It didn't happen overnight. But also, like, when I get stressed out or I get overworked, because we all do, you know, am I doing right by my wife? Am I doing right by our future? And it's like, we can always make more money. You know, you can't remake your health. You can't, you know, you might be able to remake your lifestyle a little bit. You can reinvent a new business. You know, that happens. But, like, our health and our happiness, like, why else are we doing all this, man? Like, That's right. That's it. And it's a wake-up call. Uh, but if we can learn that younger and carry that as we get older – that's pretty inspiring to me. So I love the fact it, it you're is. writing this as a letter to your children. Yeah, I read it. Well, because look at that. Think about that. Think about how many people you actually inspire and you probably don't even realize on a daily basis because you're that guy who they think about when they say, man, I love this guy. He's living the life that is so, like, it really, it's so inspiring to me. Like, I've got, I'll give you an example. I got a, a childhood friend who lived across the street from us who, like, I, I make the joke that when I want to grow up, what, what I want to be when I grow up is this guy. <laughs> That's and a good guy. Sounds he, like a cool guy. Yeah, he is. He, you know, he travels the world and he's filming and he's surfing and he's filming these documentaries and he's doing all this really cool stuff. And, you know, again, what it is is he's just being happy and he's and he's dispensing with common convention and with any excuses to not live that life. And that's that's incredible for somebody. I mean, talk about it away because I mean, we've got such limited time on this earth that that's it. And, and honestly, like he's doing this for his whole life. But that was one of the trigger points, which is going into my book about serving as a hotshot wildland firefighter was that was my reason why I said, you know what? I just bust my hump doing that degree and everything we talked about today. And I was like, I could easily fall right back into the corporate space and climb the ladder. Or I just pause and say, you know what? I'm not happy at this company. My degree's done. My pedigree looks great. My resume looks great. I can always come back. Let's go. And that was a big epiphany, and that was a big inspiration behind this book that I'm trying to finish right now is because it's all going to be donated to nonprofit activities. But it's like, wake-up call, man. Like, why are we doing all this? Let's do it now to remind myself that it's not all about the corporate career, the job title, the salary, and everything else. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But it sounds like your buddy is pretty badass. I like it. He is. He's totally <laughs> badass. <laughs> it still makes me wonder, like, man, am I, am I happy? No, no, I'm happy. But you I'm know bad. what, though? He's... People like him and I – we're inspired by people like you too, because I have realized that I, my wife and I are like, listen, we have no problem admitting. We are selfish enough to know that we don't want kids. Like we could be the cool aunts yeah. and uncles, but people who are willing to take that sacrifice to become great parents, I, I respect it. Sometimes they make jokes and I have fun, but I still respect it. And that's probably something that he probably thinks about too. He's like, you know, I'm doing all this crazy stuff, but dude, look what Grant's doing. So, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, it is. It, it's uh, it's amazing. But you know what? They, that's right. But again, you know, it, it doesn't it, it's not a necessity with your happiness. And man, I'll tell you, this is a it's a lot of hard work. I love every moment of it, but it is. It's a different path. And yep. uh, yeah, it's not it's not for everybody. And that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, listen, well, I've had you. a lot of blast today. Hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Let me close this thing out. Ladies and gentlemen, Grant Aldrich dropping the mic today for you guys. I bet in over all these years of podcasting for the regular listeners, you never expect me to dig so deep into online education, but we just did. <laughs> and I think we had a fun time doing it. So make sure you check out onlinedegree.com. Again, I'm not getting paid to say one word of this because, uh, again, this show is always free. But I love the fact that he gives you those free courses. And I just, I just gave you hints at the end of the show. Wrap your head around it. See if it's right for you. See if you can get the psycho psychological barriers down. Get comfortable with it. I love the model. Check it out, onlinedegree.com. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this show's mission is to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. And we definitely did that today. And if I didn't, please message me and let me know why. So, again, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.